Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Podcast. This is your host, Tim Kanak. You can find me on the Twitter at Fantasy Baseball, and you can find me on my written work on Friends with Fantasy Benefits. You can check everything out. I got all the F scores now live, just released starting pitchers. That one was a mission. That took me like a week to write that. So if you read it, if you go and look at that, please read the whole thing. Don't just skim it. That will make me sad. I'll be crying tears in my in my nightmares. <laughs> uh, today we got us with with us sick Raymond. You can find him. What's up, guys? At at Raymond Atherton Achoo. <laughs> <laughs> Making it still on the podcast despite doing a CBS Power, NL draft and being sick. <laughs> that's next week or that's Thursday. Oh, that's I don't know draft. Did you do the AL one too? No, I did no. That would have been like 13 leagues. Way too much. Scott asked me and I was like, sorry, I will stick to the Bonos. <laughs> they they uh, dual leagues, the NL and AL. I will not do one, one league leagues unless you're going to invite me to tout. And we got Gabe in the dark with us. Gabe, Gabe is in straight up... Uh, Wait, who's that author? The dude who wrote the Goosebumps books? L.L. Stein or something? R.R. Stein? J.J. Stein? G.R.R.M. Stein? George R.R. Martin. Stein, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's straight up, no face, in the darkness, in the cold. What's up, Gabe? What's happening? Just hanging out Alrighty. here. Just hanging out. Are you in a hammock? Do you have a hammock there? I have some hammocks right there, hammock chairs. What are you? What are you sitting in? This is a lawn chair, regular lawn chair. Regular lawn chair. This baby right here. I love hammocks. That's like my favorite. Yeah, All those right, are awesome let's chairs. move into it. They are. They're good for your back, I think. Yeah. Probably not. Maybe. But I. But I feel like <laughs> they are. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's get into some news. First thing I wanted to talk about is there are some rumors of Corbin Carroll and the Diamondbacks talking an extension, which if I were a D-backs fan, if I'm the Welsh, I'm loving that. What do you think, Raymond? Corbin Carroll, D-backs, extension. What would that look like? And what would really get you going on that? Yeah, I mean, if you're the, I don't know, if you're the Braves, it's probably like eight for 80. But if you're anyone else, it's probably eight for 160. Maybe an opt-out or two, but no, that's a smart move. Like, before he has a chance to establish himself as, you know, one of the top ten outfielders in baseball. Do you really yeah. think they would give him that much money? $180 million when he's only played, like, 30 games? Yes. I hope – I that that sounds really high to me. But Franco got – for- what did Franco get? $182 million. Franco is not much different. I said eight for one sixty. By the way, eight for one sixty. Well, yeah, what did Franco get? Wando got one hundred eighty-two over eleven. Eleven years oh, 11 over one hundred eighty-two million, which is I I don't think that's going to age super well. Obviously, he won't be on the raise when that contract expires, probably. Yeah, very interesting. So I, mean, I feel like you know it, the first seven years are going to be pretty cheap. I think. Because that's, you know, that's his rookie contract, right? Six or seven years. You just buy out arbitration. Yeah, yeah you, I think you could buy out those years for probably $60 million. And then, you know, throw a couple of years on the, you know, on the back end of that. 
to get to 100 million. Uh, I mean, that's a that's 100 million dollars, you know, over seven years or or I'm sorry, over eight or nine years, ten years. That's a a lot for a kid. Obviously, it's a huge risk for the Diamondbacks too. And it seems like it would be, you know, that Corbin Carroll could go full, uh, you know, Jared Kalenic this year. Yeah, no, so that's a really good point on the player side is, like, you could sign an 8 for 100, like Gabe just said, and then hit free agency at 30. Like, we just yeah. saw Trey Turner get $300 million. Yeah. Like, do you think he would want a, to do that, though? That's a really good point. Dude, I, feel like, I feel like you're looking at six yeah. or seven years, or you're looking at, like, 13 years or something like that, or 12 or 13 years. I feel like it's going to be one or the other. I feel like splitting the difference is going to be a bad deal for either the player or the team. <laughs> and it's like it's not going to be a two like a two way street like a two like both teams win, both sides win. Well, dude, you're also like... seeing. Sorry, you're also seeing yeah, these. All these players get pissed off at arbitration. Like, why would yeah. you want to do that to yourself if you can avoid it? If you can just agree on a contract with also, one of your best players. Also, they want him to win Rookie of the Year so that they get the extra draft pick. What if they? What if they make the deal? And they put in there like a, a bonus if he wins rookie of the year. What if they say, okay, we're gonna give you like we're gonna buy out your RV years with like one extra year. So we'll give you like seven years, eighty-five million. And then if you win rookie of the year, we'll give you another five million dollar bonus or something like that. So that he has the incentive to get them that extra draft pick. Wouldn't that be sick if they like negotiated something like that? Yeah, it's creative. But Michael Harris was eight years over or for eight years at 72 million. And I think that's probably a, a little bit of a light comp, but not much of a light comp. And yeah, Mike, the, Braves, the Braves make those deals. So I think they have to that pay Wander, more that, for sure. That Wander Franco is going to age really poorly, I think. $182 million. And, yeah, maybe, maybe not. I mean, if he's hitting, if he can get some power and hit like 25 bombs and hit 300, he'll be fine. Um, oh, that contract we, we will talk about if you can do that. The Julio Rodriguez contract was was over over two hundred million, two hundred ten million for twelve years. Yeah, but he had played for a whole full year basically at that point. So yep, and he's a complete stud. Yeah, that's I'm not yeah. saying it's a good comp, but it's a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. If Carroll played for a year, well, this is the thing. If Carroll gets signs an extension now, what if he does what Julio Rodriguez does, and then he misses out on? that kind of money the next year. That's the risk. So like you could do what yeah, Kalenic did. Yeah, or you could be Scott Kingery and get paid to be nothing. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> a oh, great man. deal for Kingery. All right. Uh, Elvis Andrews <laughs> to the Chicago White Sox. Uh, the rumors are Tim Anderson is going to move off shortstop and move to second. Interesting. That, that's Dang. not what I heard. Yeah? What do you hear? I think, I think Andrews is going to play second. Yeah. Oh, is he? Andrews is going to play second? Yeah. Yeah. Andrews is going to play second. Oh, I thought Anderson was going to move to second. Maybe I read it wrong. I don't know. It's possible. Yeah. That's, uh, there's an article here on Fangraphs that says he goes, the Elvis goes to the second break. Elvis to second. Okay. Uh, yeah. I guess I read that wrong. Anderson, Andrews. I'm drinking a beer. Give me a break. Simple <laughs> 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 start with an A. Double A. All right. So Andrews to second. Anderson is short. I think Andres is better, a better defensive player, isn't he? It's kind of strange to me. Isn't Andres yeah, a better defensive player? Yeah, he's 34. Let's see. Yeah, but Andres has gold gloves. I don't think Tim Anderson has ever been close to a gold glove. 
That's probably right. Yeah, but he won a batting title. Oh, that means he's a good defender. Yeah. That means he should get gold glove. <laughs> All right, so Andrew's back to the White Sox. I kind of like that. Uh, they kind of needed it. He's yes. a leader, too, so uh, helps out in the clubhouse. Especially with the Brave oh, moving on. Uh, they they kind of need some consistent. I mean, like, with the Brave moving on, who who's going to be the leader of that team? Eloy, right? I mean, or, or Chris Sale's going to be the leader of the team. He's going to cut holes in everybody's jersey for them. Uh, team, he's he's going to cut he's he's going to cut matching holes in everybody's jersey for him. Which, which socks are we talking about here? Yeah, dude, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> now, Chris Sale was the leader of the White Sox clubhouse about ten years ago. <laughs> Adam Dunn is he going to be the leader of the White Sox? I heard he's making a movie. <laughs> It's the big hurt, I believe. The big hurt will lead the clubhouse. Louis Robert, uh, Napoleon, <laughs> Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> All right. Anybody's wondering, Anders' fielding percentage is twenty points lower. I'm, I'm sorry, Anders's, Anders, Elvis Anders' fielding percentage is twenty points higher than Tim Anderson's. Just in case anybody. Was you guys, you guys are right. I was thinking about Michael Kopech and his and his numerous, uh, <laughs> his copious amounts of clubhouse leadership over there. <laughs> all, right. all right, all right. This is this is turning into a joke podcast. Uh, <laughs> Rangers signed Robbie Grossman. I'm waiting for I'm after after your Outman joke. I'm waiting for your Grossman joke, Gabe. Oh, where's, dude, your, where's your Grossman joke? <laughs> pretty gross man <laughs> not as good <laughs> good, good try though it's all right <laughs> all right raymond robbie grossman to the rangers anything good about that fantasy wise no he somehow went 2022 <laughs> years ago uh, uh, ma- magic beans i guess i'm gonna look him up on, i'm gonna look up roster resource right now but I still think at, he has good play discipline. Discipline. So in points leagues, and Robbie Grossman might. Yeah, he might. He might still be a thing in like deep points leagues. Let's see rosters. Rangers, I don't know, man. Rangers. I'm 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 staring on the barrel of a five outfielder NL only draft, and I'm about to put him on my one dollar target list. Oh wait, he's already he's already <laughs> in your NL only. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he is not going to be platooning. By the way, it looks like he's got full time playing time, and he's hitting from the eight spot. So maybe. Um, maybe in super deep league, like 15 plus team leagues, five outfielder points league, Grossman has some value. So I think Daniel he's a good streamer. Streamer. Yeah, he can be a good streamer if he goes on a tear. He does that. He, he can streak. be a little streaky like that. He can't hit maybe lefties. Is. Even though he's a switch hitter. There's a lot of switch hitters like that that hit, that hit one side well. So Daniel Espino out eight weeks with a shoulder tear. Uh, we almost drafted him in the odd new podcasters league, Raymond. So we really dodged a bullet on this one. Instead, we got his backup, uh, Gavin Williams, for one dollar. So I'm pretty pretty psyched uh, about that because Williams is kind of like next in the pecking order behind Espino. He might have been ahead of Espino anyway after last year with Espino's injuries. Um, but I think it, it really sucks for the dude because he's probably the, the best stuff wise pitcher in minor league baseball. And, I don't know, just Alex Reyes vibes. Forrest Whitley vibes, right? Yeah, it's a big blow. It's a big blow. He'll be – but it's also something to – 
you know what to look for. Uh, he's only out for two months, I think. And, uh, yeah. you know, it was sidelined for two months starting now, I'm assuming. So that means that he'll probably, you know, he won't be able to have baseball activities for two months or whatever. So it'll probably be June or July before he, you know, comes around again. But he can still establish himself as, you know, a September guy or, you know, if, if the Cleveland team, you know, is in the playoff hunt, maybe he comes up sooner than that. Yeah, the thing is, if he comes up this year, it's going to be as a reliever now, would be my guess. Yep. Yep. Agreed. If one of your top top prospects has a shoulder tear, what are you? Why why even let him come up? Like, like I don't know. I don't. Is it a tear? I thought it was just a strain. No, No, same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Same thing. A strain is just a minor, minor tear. So I don't know. Like, there's there's a difference between being injury prone and coming into the season with an injury. And that's just potential for disaster. Obviously, you can get them cheap or free, pick them up in free agency or whatever. But, yeah, that sucks for him. Yeah, dude only had 19 innings last year before his injury. Was supposed to come into this year strong, and then boom. It's rough. Uh, Tyler Stevenson, first baseman, right? Because apparently he's only going to start 65 games a catcher. Then he's going to get 80 games at DH in first base, according to Reds manager David Bell. Thoughts on Tyler Stevenson for next year? Raymond. So, oh, I don't care where he plays as a fantasy player. Like, the less chance you have of getting hurt behind the plate, the better. He's catcher eligible. That's all that matters. True. What do you think, Gabe? Well, I mean, is he going to get the – so you – you said that he came out and projected him to, to play 130 games. Is that what is that what you is that what you heard? Yeah, David Bell is well 100. I guess that would be 145. David Bell on the record last year? saying that. Yeah, he was hurt last year. David Bell saying he'll probably get be catcher for 65 games, which I don't know who the Reds catch backup catcher is. Is it Devin Mesoraco? I don't know. Jason. Oh, Rizzo, I'm, a joke. I, that's I'm what, that's that. supposed to be a I'm joke. <laughs> that's, a, that's a joke. You missed that one. So uh, I don't know. I don't even know who the Reds' backup catcher is at this point. Tucker Barnhart's way, way gone. Um, Luke Maley. Yeah, I don't. Or I, Kirk I, I guess that means he's getting. Oh, Casale. Okay, Casale's all right. That's all right. I mean, I guess he's going to start a hundred something games. So why do they have three catchers on their roster? I don't know. That's why. Why do the Angels? Why did the? Why did the? Why did the Why did the Mets sign a couple catchers when they already have uh, Francisco Alvarez? Who knows? Why um, do the Cubs not have any catchers on their roster? Hey, man, <laughs> they have, don't they have Jan Gomes? Still? Jan Gomes, yeah, they have yeah. Jan Gomes and Barnhart. All right, so Tyler Stevenson, uh, it, yeah, I think it's probably good news for his health, honestly. But what does it mean long term for him a catcher? Does that mean that when Votto retires, Stevenson's going to move to first base primarily? I don't really know. Um, might be good for his fantasy value because he can focus more on the bat. So we'll see. I'm really down on Stevenson this year. I posted uh, on Twitter a poll Stevenson against Logan Ohapi, and I got smoked on that one with my ranking of Ohapi above Stevenson. Uh, but I just, I don't know. I think Ohapi's going to be significantly better for myself. So uh, next one, Gabe, you're going to love this. Aaron Ashby. <laughs> out multiple months. Bro. Bro. Dude. <laughs> 
Yeah, dude, him. we've we've seen this play out a hundred times, man. I mean, this guy. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you talk about bad vibes. Uh, I hate it. I I hate it for him. But you know, it's uh, the worst part about the game is watching guys get hurt and never being able to realize their full potential. But he's checking all those boxes. You know, the same boxes that Mark Pryor checked and and uh, and Shane Baz is is you know kind of going down that same path in my mind. Uh, I, I don't know. It's, he's saying that he can still come back at mid season. This guy's not a starting pitcher at this point in his career. Like the Brewers would be crazy. I think to try to trot him out there as a starter. I don't even, Tim, you've talked about him liking to get cute on the mound. A guy like that's not going to love to accept a relief pitcher role. He wants to start. Uh, I don't know. I just, it, it seems like a huge, a huge stay away for me. If you can get him for free, you know, in June or July, maybe, but. When you see these starters get hurt like this, they almost get relegated into a bullpen. Like, because what happens is they're like, oh, they, they can't, they don't have time to work up. So that means he's out multiple months. So if we want Ashby, we don't have time to work him up. So that means we're going to work him out of the bullpen. And it's going to be like, oh, once it happens two years in a row, it's like, nope, this guy is now a reliever forever. Like, you know what I mean? I, I don't know. It's like Josh Hader 2.0 here, kind of with Ashby, if he's lucky. Yeah. So. Yeah. Now there is like, I mean, he could like develop into a, a Andrew Miller type role. I feel like that's like the, you know, the ceiling for a guy like this at this point in his career. Uh, you know, Wade Davis was a, you know, never staying healthy. And then he was, a, you know, one of the best closers in the game for three or four years. I think that I think that there's still potential for Ashby, but I, that his potential as a starting pitcher isn't looking so great. Yeah. What do you think, Raymond? Yeah, I I don't know. I think giving up on him as a starter is probably a bit harsh. I mean, he's still only what, like twenty six. But Gabe, are you no, he's... puppy chow? <laughs> <laughs> no. I hear I hear some massive movement on someone's end right now. It's probably my fault. He's twenty four. <laughs> At twenty four. But he's. Yeah, he's got an uphill battle for sure to come back as a starter. Um, I guess if anyone's going to talk him into being a reliever, the Brewers have an easier path than most. Like, look at what we did with Josh Hader. You could be the next $16 million a year closer. Yeah. Or he's Corbin Burns, right? Because Corbin Burns, that happened yeah, for him for did a the couple same years. Thing. So you, yep. Yeah, he did the same thing for a couple of years, and all of a sudden uh, he figured it out, comes back, starts, and becomes the best pitcher in baseball. So who knows? You know that you know that spot's gonna be open here in the next couple of years. Probably this yeah. year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Arb. Thanks, arbitration. Okay, Lance McCullers, basically same thing. Hurt again. This dude's never healthy. Are you drafting Lance McCullers in fantasy baseball leagues this year, Raymond? No, and I wasn't before this. What about you, Gabe? But is, isn't this good, <laughs> Isn't this good news for Hunter Brown? Yeah, it's excellent news for Hunter Brown. And I am trying to trade for him in NLI right now. Very unsuccessful. (laughs) (laughs) Cheston ain't having it, and I'm not cool with it. (laughs) Uh, Because they were going to drop him. Literally, they were like, we're probably not keeping him. And then they're like, oh, never mind. We saw Tim's starting pitcher rankings, so we are going to be keeping Hunter Brown now. I'm like, oh, great. This is when being a fantasy baseball analyst, and I put that in quotes, works against you because people yes. in your league 
read your stuff, your see your rankings, yeah. and then turn it against you. So it is backfiring me against me in a league right now. So what's the prognosis on the colors? I don't know yet. I haven't heard. What's, what, what's it's kind of un- – yeah, he's just not pitching right now. It's kind of yet to be determined. Kind of like the other day we heard DeGrom wasn't going to pitch, but now all of a sudden he's throwing. So it could be the same no, sort it, of situation, but it, who knows? It literally it's, says forearm. Yeah, but it doesn't say how long he's going to be out or expectations no, yeah. or anything like yeah, that. Right. Yeah. Dude, I don't hate um, – I'm not, I'm not a McCullers guy at all, but he's – you know, he's proven that he can be a valuable asset in fantasy. Uh, and I, he's definitely a guy to think about because this is going to kill his draft day value. And uh, hey, y'all, you, you're, you might get a deal on the guy. I'm certainly not drafting him, you know, anywhere close to whatever his projected ADP is. But he might be a guy you know, ask me, Ask me last year because I felt the same thing when McCullers was hurt at the beginning of last year. I was like, oh, I'll just get McCullers. He'll be back in a month and I'll be I'll get great value on it. Ask me how that worked a year ago. It didn't work at all. Not at all. Well, uh, he was good Brewers... when he was on the mound. <laughs> yeah, in the playoffs. <laughs> when he finally got back. Brewers signed, Brewers signed Luke Voigt on a minor league deal. Um, I kind of like this. Rowdy sucks against lefties. So Voigt can platoon with Rowdy and then also DH. I, he's on a minor league deal, but I think that will turn into a major league deal when he mashes like six or seven home runs this spring against minor league pitchers, I think it will very easily turn into a major league deal. What do you guys think about Luke Voigt to the Brewers, which is a hitter's ballpark. So you got to love that for a home run guy like Luke Voigt, right? Okay. So you can't tell me that Milwaukee doesn't have a type. (laughs) (laughs) And another one of his predecessors that kind of resurrected his career in Milwaukee was Daniel Vogelbach who bats from the left side, but is, you know, Luke, Luke Voigt's doppelganger. Did you and, see how uh, much weight he lost? No, you I don't have Twitter. I bet he lost like 35 pounds. He looks so much better. So he's what, like 280? Or Vogelbach. Vogelbach. <laughs> what? So he's, so he's like... Oh, he doesn't so still... look like Alejandro Kirk anymore? Like <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I love me some Daniel Vogelbach. <laughs> Not gonna draft I might him. Be, I, like boy, guy. I might I might have to take that back. I might be talking about Rowdy Telez. Oh come uh, on. Rowdy lost no, Rowdy, <laughs> okay. come on, Rowdy. Dude, dude, I'm sick. Leave me alone. Like Eric, Hold on. So he has been working out with Eric Thames. <laughs> so just go, Gabe. Sorry here. to cut you isn't, off. Isn't Luke Voigt kind of got a reputation for being a bad clubhouse guy? Yeah. I don't does he really? I didn't know that. I thought I thought he so. caused problems in the, with the Padres, I think, and I'm pretty sure that he there was some. No, that was Hosmer in New York. That was Hosmer. No, dude. it wasn't Hosmer, dude. Dude, so that that was a false report, and and like his teammates from all across the league came out and refuted that. Hosmer's a good clubhouse guy. Like that 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 came that allegation came out like three or four months ago, and the Twitter sphere, from what I'm told, went nuts. He denied a guys. trade. He blocked a trade and caused Void to get traded. They didn't even want to trade him. That doesn't mean that he's a bad teammate. Well, it means that he screwed one of his former teammates he, over by making it means he someone doesn't else want to, get traded. He doesn't want to go to the Nationals. <laughs> <laughs> Which, who can blame the guy? Yeah, I suppose. All right, twin signed Donovan Solano. Does that mean anything? I mean, he's just basically a fill-in for Royce Lewis until Royce Lewis gets healthy myself. But you guys else got anything else on that? Hmm. Donovan he can who? play like seven positions. That's kind of handy. 
I'm yeah, sad he's a, not. Uh, if you're in a 20 team league, or in an NL only league, <laughs> I'm sad he's <laughs> hey. not a giant anymore. Yeah, you're, uh, you can't get Solano. Oh, poor he's, Raymond. Solano is a guy that's better in real life than he is in fantasy. Like he's a good guy to have on your squad. I feel like he's like a uh, Tommy Lis- Tommy Listella type guy. He's a good Swiss Army knife. But I don't, man, I don't know if you're if you've got him on your fantasy team. You, or yeah, you're so, either in a really, really deep league or you've got some problems. Something went wrong. <laughs> I had him in the NLI, 20-team league. So for, yeah, there you for go. A He's deep. a bench guy. He's a bench guy for me for a minute. He's a bench guy uh, in a 20-team league. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. When he was good on the Giants. Drew Waters <laughs> out for six weeks, which sucks because Drew Waters was kind of like a sleeper-type guy for me, deep, deep sleeper-type guy for me. Uh that's going to put him behind, man, with the Royals. I think Drew Waters out for six weeks. Does that boost anyone ahead? Kyle Isbell maybe gets a second shot. What do you think, Raymond? I don't know. I mean, they just signed Michael A. Taylor, right? So that – I don't know if they'll give Isbell a shot. But I don't know, man. I don't – Michael A. Taylor's on the Blue Jays, isn't he? No. They just, I the think Royals he... just traded him. Right, right now – Right now, FYI, the Royals have Kyle Isbell platooning in center field, Oliveris in left, Waters was supposed to be the center fielder, and then their right fielder is Nate Eaton, whoever Gross. the hell that guy is. And they've got Fran Mill Reyes off the bench, currently on their roster resource. They got Fran Fran Mill should be playing over some Nate Eaton guy. Like, it's worth trying to get the homer, like, seeing if you can resurrect that. Nate Eaton, that sounds like a a Saturday Night Live character. Nicky Lopez <laughs> can play the outfield too, right? But, dude, I mixed up my AL Central teams. I, was, he they, I think twins, he's a tw- Twins now, yeah, yeah right? I'm so, sorry, the Twins. But, dude, okay, so the Braves need outfielders, right? And they just gave up on Drew Waters. Like, doesn't that yeah. make you nervous? If he was supposed to be, like, the next five-tool stud prospect, he just never got there. Who was – who you know? I can't think of the guy who he reminds me of. Who was the Braves' pro- top prospect offensively, or I'm sorry, off outfield, top outfield prospect two years ago? He Pache. got to the A's. Pache. Yeah, Colin Pache. Pa- Pache. Pache was, oh yeah, Pache was, him. Yeah, yeah. He that's was, who he reminds me of. He was he was never a good. Yeah, but he was never good offensively. He was he was a, a Gold Glove yeah. type guy. Waters was supposed to be good offensively. Hitting. And there's a reason they. They reached right past him and snagged Michael Harris out of Double A last year when they needed an outfielder. Like, I don't know. I just don't. I don't think Waters is. He, Waters super... is all tools, man. He's just all tools. He has a he has a, a crappy hit tool, a crap crappy plate discipline, but he's got good power and good speed. So he's just if one of those the... tools. He's he's Lewis Brinson. He's Braves version of now Royals version of Lewis Brinson, basically. If if but, the Braves are down on somebody and the Royals are up on somebody, that's a pretty good like. Uh, what's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but the the I mean the Royals need guys. Like they've got yeah, like they they've got like a few really nice pieces and then like nothing. Just a, a void well, of nothingness. Yeah. Dude, they Primarily need to call the, the Cardinals staff. and trade for an outfielder. Yeah, but what are they going to trade? You're going to give me Brady Singer? That's about all you can give me. Unless you're going to trade me Vinny P or Witt. So I'm playing the Cardinals. The Cardinals GM dude, here. they don't need they don't need more hitting. Why are you trying to trade for a hitter? Because the Royals pitching sucks, except for Brady Singer. Who else are you going to trade for? I'm going to trade for Zach Greinke. (laughs) 
Uh, is their number two pitcher? Is Grinky their number two pitcher? Yeah, no, the Royals, yeah. It's it's Grinky yeah. and Singer oh my God. Are competing he, for the opening yeah. day assignment. On roster resource, they literally have Grinky as their number one. Yeah, the Royals pitching <laughs> staff is in shambles, dude. And there's nobody in the minor leagues. All those draft guys like Asa Lacy and stuff are flaming out. They yeah. they had a bunch of first round draft picks that are pitchers that are just not realized themselves. Yes, yeah, Singer is the only one who turned out. The rest of them completely busted. Yeah. So Shame. Nick Prado is in their farm system. He's another first baseman. I guess he could. I don't know if they can make him. I think he's played some outfield. Nick Prado can probably play outfield. Is he not listed on roster resource? Yeah, he can play outfield. He's right now. They've got him listed in the minors for some reason. I don't know. I he guess they like hit. Brand Mill. All right, let's get into the outfield rankings. Raymond wanted to open up by completely destroying my first tier of outfielders. So have at Raymond. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't say I wanted to destroy it. I said. You said I you said wanted I... to ravenously, ravenously feed upon uh, the the bones of my of my first tier. I actually said a word. <laughs> I actually said a word we can't say on this podcast, but. No, I mean, you have Aaron Judge 1, which everyone in the industry does, which I guess I'll just get over, even though I don't agree with it. And then Juan Soto 2, which in a points league, I would agree with you. But in anything else, I mean, his biggest skill doesn't count in a Roto league. Like, his his ability to get on base is great, but it's not a hit. It doesn't help you in average. Um, And then Betts 3, that's fine. I just think Kyle Tucker and Jordan are – I think Kyle Tucker is actually a little too high, but Jordan at six. I think he needs to be two or three. And then Acuna is just like my favorite player ever. And I think, I don't know. You're right. That outfield is so deep and you can really put these five or six in whatever order you want. But I guess my biggest qualm is Soto at two. That's just because he has ungodly play discipline. And that's going like, to, yeah, like ungodly based on the F scores. And I get that. And that's going to boost him up so high. But. In terms Especially of in points leagues, and the thing is, yeah. when I'm doing the rankings, I'm trying to rank it for all types of leagues. So it's kind of a I'm trying to find a fine balance of okay, and roto speed is more important, and points league plate discipline is more important. So you, I'm, I'm trying to find a way to neutralize it, and then depending on your league type, you move guys up and down, right? So, like for instance, in a roto league, I'm probably going to draft Acuna over Soto. But then in a points league, I'm draft definitely drafting Soto higher. So it's kind of like you just weigh the scales based on your type of league that you're drafting in. Dude, yeah, I think in a points league, you can make the argument like Soto should go like third. Like Judge Alcantara Soto. Yeah, I'm probably going Judge Jose Soto points. Yeah, that's true too. Because there's just so many – you can come back around in the second round and still get a really good, a really good starter. So I'd probably yeah. go like – I'd probably – in points, I'm probably going Judge, Jose Ramirez, Juan Soto, then you on Alvarez. More than likely. Unless it's daily points. And you're obviously going with tiny one. But, hey, hey. True. League format really matters. Really matters. Uh, you wanted to also – Raymond, I think you wanted to touch a little bit on Julio. Like, where where would you draft Julio Rodriguez? Because, like, his ADP is, like, four or five right now, which to me is insane. I mean, like, I love Julio. Like, I am all about Julio. But uh, there are just so many good players that, to me, like, it's pretty risky drafting Julio there when we don't know how much he's going to steal next year. 
We saw well, the second so, half the steals completely slowed down. So um, I don't know. It just, it just seems a little risky to me. Did you see what Scott Service said? He's their manager, right? Yeah. They, did you see or do you want me to? They, Go ahead and say it for the listeners. He basically came out and said he has, and I quote, um, stolen bases is a big part of Julio's game. So I he only had like four steals after the All-Star break, I think, last year. Uh, part of it was health-related. He had like a back and a wrist thing. But, I mean, that means he stole 21 bases in half a season. So he's absolutely got... 35 steel upside, maybe 40 with the new rules. So, yeah, I think I think you can make an argument he belongs in that first tier pretty easily. But, like you said, it's just so loaded. And he hasn't yeah. done it before. So, that's a big, a big factor to the F scores is having done it once already. Yeah, exactly. Because I mean, it, it takes into effect. It takes into account minor league stats, but minor league stats are are discounted, right? Because I correlate everything. So then, give me your give me your first tier, Raymond, just so people can compare yours to mine. So mine is Judge, Soto, Betts, Acuna, Tucker, Jordan, Break. What is your first tier? I would add, I would add Julio and Otani. And I would move Soto down to like sixth or seventh. Okay, so are you drafting Julio or Kyle Tucker first? Just for clarification. Julio. I love Kyle Tucker, dude, but until the until the Astros stop batting him seventh, I'm just I think I will always be frustrated with what could be having him on my team. But look at the F scores. So Kyle Tucker, one ten contact, one twelve discipline. 127 power, 155 speed. J-Rod, 94 contact, 92 discipline, 136 power. That's the only one he beats Tucker in. And then a 125 speed. The speed, I think Tucker or J-Rod has more physical speed than Tucker, but it's just Tucker is allowed to run more, even though he bats lower in the order, which is odd. I think I've read that Kyle Tucker was only the second Astro ever to go 25-25 in the same season. Jeff Bagwell did it once, I think. But, like, I'll give Julio a big bump in average over Kyle Tucker. And then I bet he scores 30 more runs with comparable home run and steals. Do you think the Mariners' offense is that good that they can drive Julio in that much? Is Tucker... I, think Julio's, I think Julio's that good. He can score 100 runs. Yeah, you said 30 more runs. Kyle Tucker, even from the five hole last year. Scored 71 runs. 71 runs, yeah. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. But I think Tucker is going to hit for a much higher average last year. He had a 261 Babbitt last year. That's pretty unlucky. Like, yeah. Yeah, and he's fast, too. I mean, like, he should be at least a 300 Babbitt guy, so he he should be hitting closer to, like, 280 based on that kind of adjustment. Don't forget, too, Julio had, like, the most ridiculous first six weeks of the season where he was just getting called out on re- terrible third strike calls. Yeah. No, I love Julio, man. I just, I just think Tucker's safer. What do you think, Gabe? Uh, yeah, I, I completely agree. I think Tucker – dude, Kyle Tucker's 
a complete stud. And he's he's the total package. He he bats in a you know really potent Houston lineup. He has shown that he can, you know, hard about consistency. I mean, his batting average is a little bit down this year. It's probably a little bit up in 2021. But 30 home runs on the nose, you know, for the last two seasons. You, you know, you pretty much pencil him in for 30 homers and 100 RBIs and, you know, 20 steals. I mean, that's just – and he's, he's, he's uh, you know, got a pedigree of, of staying healthy. Kyle Tucker's my guy for sure, and I love Julio Rodriguez too. But if I was forced to pick one of those two, I'm going to go Tucker. For I mean, reasons, roster, right? You're not you're talking a redraft, yeah. not dynasty. So, roster resource has Tucker batting six, and Julio went 28-25 last year. Like, let's not. I don't know. We're splitting hairs. So and we have also, other people to talk about. Yeah, that's fine. Julio Rodriguez. One one thing, his stolen bases. You know, they tapered off in the second half of last season, but his stolen bases for as many times as he was getting called out. You know, like it was, he was getting ridiculously called out for the first couple of months, but he was also stealing at like a ridiculous clip like that. You know, that, that, that really hadn't shown itself in the minors like that. I think his first half steals last year were, I mean, they were more than anybody really thought. I mean, he, the guy stole like 15, you know, had like 15 steals and before he hit the five home remark, I feel like, and then his power showed up and his steals kind of went away, which I feel like is more of who he is as a player. So Gabe, who's your top five outfielders? Give me one through five. Well, I – it all depends on the format, right? In a redraft league, I – you know, I think that, that Kyle Tucker is is still a top three guy. I'm down on Acuna, you know, from where you're at. I, I, I would go – I'd go Mookie Betts at, at number one. I'll take Kyle Tucker at number two. Juan Soto at three. I'll put Aaron Judge at four. And Alvarez at five. With uh, Acuna, he can be at number six. Interesting. Down on Acuna because of the injury or the bat? They're not as good. Yeah, I'm down on Acuna on the injury for sure. Yeah, I I just – I mean, obviously, Acuna is probably number one if he's healthy. But I that scares me, man. That's a big deal, especially for speed guys. Yeah, for sure. You guys ready to get to the sleepers? Let's do it. All right. One of your sleepers, by the way, Raymond, we're going to talk about next week because he does not end our, in our we're, – we're basically ranking the – we're going to talk about this podcast because next week's going to be outfield part two. We're going to be talking about the top five tiers in my rankings, which is outfielder one through 67 because I go like 200-something outfielders deep, I believe. So we'll talk about all the deep guys next time. So this is – Shallower league, 10 team, 12 team type stuff. Next next week will be 15, 20 of the deep leagues. So, um, Gabe, why don't you lead it off with your sleeper, Ian Happ with the Chi Town Cubby Cubs? Why do you got yeah, Ian Happ? On I there? would, so I would love to be down on Ian Happ. Uh, I, you know, I like to fade Cubs players as a rule just so I don't get my heart broken twice. But last year, I mean, the guy just, the guy did everything that you want to see him do. You know, he, he hit 25 homers in 2021, but his batting average was, you know, in the sink, in the toilet, you know. And and he, he lost a little bit of power. He hit 17 homers, but his batting average was back up around his career average. And, dude, I, he – so the people are down on Hap. You know, like he's not you, – you can get Hap late. And 
I just think that's that that's why I like him as a sleeper. You know, I I think that he, you know you can Ian Happ's going to be there in the seventh and eighth round in a lot of leagues, and I think he could do a lot worse than he he might even be there later. You know, like at the first half of last season, there you know guys were trying to give him away, and I just I think that as a you know as a whole, people just undervalue Ian Happ. Yeah, I mean I'm I'm down on Happ honestly. Not really down. I'm just like neutral with him. To me, Hap is just like there. He's like he's like a guy who's just like okay. I guess I'll draft him. <laughs> he's like uh, I don't know. He's just nothing special. Like F scores, 95 contact, 103 discipline, 107 power, and 88 speed. Like that's not bad, but it's not good. He's just like there. He's a guy that's going to get you counting stats, which can be helpful yeah. in like deeper leagues. Maybe that's a guy you should be looking into, Raymond. What do you think about Ian Hap for your NL? Only league they are drafting right now, Mr. Sudafed. Why do you keep saying it's it's Thursday? <laughs> <laughs> but, no, I think he's like the definition of a compiler. Like what Merrifield vibes. Like he doesn't do anything super spectacularly. And he's just okay at pretty much everything. Like, yeah, you can especially in an NL only league, like a guy who has twenty ten potential, you can do a lot worse. Yeah, so he's in your. So he, I think he's in your fifth tier. Tim. He is. He's right? he's my number fifty-five outfielder. So, so we're ranking. So when I when I say he's a sleeper, I'm putting him next to guys like Royce Lewis, uh, you know, Josh Naylor, Esturi Ruiz, you know, Brandon Drury, not in Cincinnati, you know, Ketel Marte. Like that's the kind of guys I'm comparing him to. And I, you know, Whit Merrifield, like that guy's, you know, toast. I just think that he's compared to those mean, names. Yeah. Compared to those names, I that's why I think he's a sleeper. You know, I think that he I think he could weasel his way into your third or fourth tier with just a couple, you know, just because the counting stats. And he's pretty, you know, you can pencil he, his his power's there. Like he hits the ball really hard, and you know he's gonna he's gonna hit twenty home runs this year. Okay, Gabe, let me give you a question. I'm just curious. If you are in a twelve team league and you get Ian Happ as your third outfielder, are you happy or no? You said a 12-team league? 12-team league, third outfield. For sure, dude. For sure. Oh, for, for sure. sure. Yeah. Okay, you're cool with that. I'm, I, I, I probably am more like – no, I'm probably – I want him more as like my fourth outfielder or like util bench type in a 12-teamer. In a 15-teamer, I guess I'm okay with half as my third outfielder, but a 12-teamer, I don't think so. Dude, the outfield, like we talked about before, outfield is obviously that that top tier is just a who's who of, you know, potential number one overall guys. But it falls off a cliff, dude. You know, when you're talking the depth, and you've said it too, and I think you've even got a stat to value it, you know, the depth in these in the outfield just evaporates after the first yep. 30 guys. And I think yeah. after, you know, you, you give me the first 30 outfielders, yeah, Ian Happ's not in that list. But number 31, sure, dude. I mean, that's, that's, that's kind of where I've got him. All right, Raymond, you picked Chris Bryant for your sleeper. What's up with Chris Bryant? Mm. Well, we're, as you know, we like to say, buying the dip on Chris Bryant. When he was healthy last year, he was pretty good. He just had a back injury he couldn't shake. And we never got to – Yeah, which is scary. But at his ADP of – I don't even know what it is. Hold on, Bryant. Um, you know what's weird though with Chris Bryant? Is one power twenty seven. Yeah, his power really never showed up in Colorado, yeah, which so is we- concerning. Yeah, it's so weird. <laughs> but 
new venue, new league or not new league, new division. But I mean, dude, he still hit three oh six. He had five homers and one hundred and sixty at bats. Like small sample size, very small sample size. So that's kind of fluky, but. Dude, you're talking the 13th round of a 12-team league. Okay. And he's probably – I don't know if he's dual eligible still. He pretty much only played left field last year, so. Yeah, he's outfield only. and he I mean, he could get third base eligibility still. He could re-earn it. But to start the season, he will be outfield only eligible. And, dude, he hit, he hit two balls to straightaway center field that went 415 feet that were doubles. So, so here's the rub some... on Chris Bryant. You want... It's here, Cubbies. Okay, so the problem with Chris Bryant is you never know when he's hurt because he doesn't tell anybody. It's, I mean, obviously when, it, when he's that's, you know really really hurt, he's down. But with you know with the Cubs, he never like you know that 2016 MVP season like that's that's Chris Bryant healthy, and I believe that to this day that that guy is still there. He'll come out and hit 30 or 40 home runs if he's healthy. The guy will never tell you, and he is. I would I would go so far as to say he's extremely injury prone, but He's a gamer and he's tough and he doesn't, he doesn't, he wants to play. And so if he can put, you know, if he can get his laces strapped on and he can hold a bat in his hand, he's going to be in the lineup and, but he's not going to be good (laughs) because he's got, you know, a myriad of injuries. So that's the, that's the tricky part with Brian is he doesn't, he doesn't complain. He doesn't, he's not honest with his trainers and, you know, with his manager. And so he's, you just never know what you're getting because he doesn't, you know, he doesn't tell you when he's hurt. What were you gonna Dude, say? You said you just said his strapping his laces, and you just totally gave me this vision of Chris Bryant being Sidney Crosby, and uh, Harper Bryce Harper being Ovi. So you just gave me that <laughs> when you said that. So to put it to give it a hockey analogy. So uh, Raymond, Chris Bryant or Ryan Mountcastle? Who are you drafting? Chris Bryant. Chris Bryant or Brandon Nemo? Who are you drafting? Points League Nemo. Roto League's Bryant. Uh, Chris Bryant or Giancarlo Stanton? Who are you drafting? Uh, Chris Bryant. I did the Stanton thing last year. I'm not doing it again. <laughs> I know not you like my, this guy. Not with my draft like... strategy of grabbing as much power early as possible. I know you I like this guy. Stanton. Chris, Chris Bryant or Anthony Santander? Chris Bryant. All right, I'm gonna, I got two more for you. Chris Bryant or Christian Yelich? Chris Bryant. All right, I mean, you know what more. you're getting with Yelich at this point. <laughs> I, got, I got one more for you. Chris Bryant or Brian Reynolds? I thought you were going to say Byron Buxton. Um, Brian Reynolds. All right. Okay. So you have Bryant maybe a few spots higher than me, basically, based on those answers. All right. Uh, let's get to my sleepers. I cheated and picked like three of them. So because I didn't know if Raymond was going to be on this podcast because Raymond was sick and we didn't know until like 30 minutes before we podcasted. So and I was like, okay, I'm going to pick. drafting tonight too. Yeah. 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 He's <laughs> drafting tonight and Thursday at the same time. It's like, uh, it's, it's like Inception. It's yeah, Inception and Interstellar all it's it's all the Christopher movie Christopher Nolan movies all rolled into one. Memento, we're going backwards in time. So uh, I have Kyle Schwarber as a sleeper, which I already know 
that Raymond loves Kyle Schwarber. But for reference for this podcast, I have Kyle Schwarber in my second tier of outfielders at the very end. He's tiered up with Otani, Trout, J-Rod, Tatis, Jazz, Schwarber. And his F scores, 100 contact, 128 discipline, 182 power, 95 speed. Yeah, 95 speed for Kyle Schwarber with those stolen bases last year. So pretty sick. Uh, and Gaby, being a Cubs fan, I know that you love some Schwarber too. So why, why should everybody else get on our side and start drafting Kyle Schwarber higher? Because right now he's my 34 overall player and his ADP is 52. Well, it's, I just have to point out really quick that you're, you're calling Kyle Schwarber a sleeper and he hit 46 home runs and stole 10 bases last year. <laughs> yeah, but it's, he's still being drafted 52nd with those numbers. Because he hit and 218. He, and he, yeah, but he's a lefty in the shift. He's going, bye-bye. Good news for Schwarby. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, and he, what hits, you, in, what do you he think? hits in that Philly lineup. Yeah, and he's going to have Trey Turner in front of him next year, too. Theoretically, the lineup should go Turner, Schwarber, and then I guess when Harper's healthy. He's hurt without Harper. He's hurt. That hurts Schwarber. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's going to be the man there. He's going to be the big stick, you know? Yeah, they'll still have Hoskins and uh, JT. JT, yeah. They'll probably go JT third, Hoskins fourth. So that's not bad. Like, it's not like it's a complete nothing behind him. (laughs) He got the best catcher in baseball behind him. Man, dude, they're going to be so sick when Harper comes back. So where are you guys drafting Schwarber? Just to get a feel for – because I got him at 34 overall. Are you willing to draft draft Kyle Schwarber in the third round of a 12-teamer? I would like to wait till the fourth. But if I was picking – if you I had like a, yeah, I'd like to wait till the fourth. But would you draft him in the third? If you're, if you know I'm in that league, are you going to take Schwarber in the third just to get a jump on me? It would depend on who I took with my first two picks. If I got Alvarez in the first, I think I would be okay taking the risk and waiting. But if I took uh, Trey Turner or somebody with less power, he's got 50 homer upside so yeah no i would it depend on my two picks and head of him but no i would do it Wait, so Gabe. he's so raymond tim is what, what's happening right now is tim is gaming us we're in, <laughs> we're in a we're in <laughs> we're in a lot of leagues here with a fantasy baseball analyst and he's trying to figure out where he can take schwarber safely and try to figure out where we're gonna take him <laughs> <laughs> well i'm telling you my rank right here he's my 34th overall player you know he's, he's noticed, ranked and who's ahead of him i noticed <laughs> i noticed you're not keeping him in dynasty darlings i i have that's not crazy determined i have not determined yet who my last keeper in dynasty Darlings. you know what's be. even crazier than that is like is sure the exception that proves the rule because he has terrible plate discipline and you love him, and you don't love anyone with terrible plate discipline. He has he has a one twenty eight discipline, dude. His baseball savant page is so much worse than that. Yeah, but I this will. is the thing: is that my uh, score plate discipline is not all about strikeout. My plate discipline also takes into account walk rate and chase rate. Kyle Schwarber only has a twenty five percent chase rate, which is phenomenal. He walks a lot. He walks a lot. 
Yeah, yeah he, he walks really, out. Exactly. Yeah. He do, he doesn't. He still strikes out, but he's striking out in the zone. He's not striking out on outside of the zone pitches. So he has a good eye. It's more like this hit tool because his contact rate is only seventy two point eight percent last year, which is below average. So he has a below average hit tool. It just means he swings and misses because he's swinging for the fences. But his eye is actually really good. I'll say this. In, in the league that we're in together, the Dynasty Darlings League, I definitely will not use one of my two third-round draft picks on Kyle Schwarber. So you can so that means I better keep drafting, him if I want to keep drafting him. In fr- <laughs> drafting in front of me, you know I won't take him with one of my two third-round draft picks. Well, if we're playing the game, I have two second-round picks, and if he's there, I'm probably taking him. Yeah. Okay, I'm taking him in my first round then. <laughs> well, you have to remember that you're scratching off like 15 or 20 players all together yeah. from yeah. the top of your ranking. So, from the keepers. So, so anyway, because people don't know what we're talking about, let's move on to my second sleeper, Cheater Tim, with three sleepers, Tyler O'Neill. Um, I'm really liking Tyler O'Neill's value this year because he stuck last year, as Gabe can attest to. Uh, mm. But the funny thing is, he didn't. He didn't really suck. He was not good because he was hurt. That's he why he. That's why he. That's why he didn't return value. If you actually t- expand his plate appearances, he would have been like 30-30 last year. Um, so Tyler O'Neill is my number twenty-one outfielder. He is my eighty-third overall player, and his ADP is one on one, which to me makes him a sleeper because I think he can easily go thirty twenty if he's healthy for a full season. Here's his F scores: ninety-six contact, one hundred four plate discipline, one thirty-seven power, one fifty-four speed. It's really hard to find people with over 130 power and 130 speed. Like that, that both of those are way above average numbers. And Tyler O'Neill is one of those guys. So for fantasy baseball, he's very effective. He's definitely a better fantasy baseball player than a real life player because of the swing and miss, even though he is also a gold lover. Um, but what do you think about Tyler O'Neill? Are you going to be, even though you, you missed on him last year, Gabe, are you going to try to go back for him? Again this year, uh, dude, I am, I am gonna be I'm gonna be so upset if he ends up on my team, but I don't. <laughs> but I don't know if I'm gonna be able to pass on him in the third round. You know, I don't. I I really hope I don't have to make that decision because I I don't want him on my team. Did you say in the third round? Yeah. Where are you taking him? Thirteenth round. I don't know. He's he's gonna be no he's his ADP is one hundred one right now. So in twelve teams leagues he's going like the eighth round. In fifteen team leagues he's going like the sixth round. In dynasty darlings like what Gabe is talking about, about, he probably will be a third third or fourth rounder because yeah. every team gets fifteen keepers. So in a in a normal league I would I think that he's probably seventh or eighth round for me. I don't know, man. You're down on him, Raymond, huh? I just think he played over his head in terms of power. And, like, the injuries Ooh, make me nervous. Have you seen him? Yes, dude, he's jacked. I know you love jacked players, but the launch <laughs> angle isn't spectacular. Like, I don't know. I Like, he's he- just one of those guys I would rather, like, watch break out on someone else's team than be upset he's on my team all year, like Gabe was just saying. He, he was hurt last year and still went 14-14. He only played half a season and was hurt while he was playing and still went 
And he's he's jacked and one of the fastest guys in the league at the same time. And ATC has him for 26 homers and 17 steals. And 400, and that's only in 480 at bats for next year. So he's assuming he's going to miss a quarter of the season or a fifth of the season or whatever. And he still has it for 26-17, Ariel, who you're playing against. So just to put that (laughs) into context, he has him almost doubling his counting stats and playing a quarter more games. That doesn't make sense. Uh, Tyler O'Neill had a 277 Babbitt last year as one of the fastest players in baseball. And he's a righty, and they're going to get rid of the shift, and he's pull heavy. So it makes a lot of sense when you get rid of the shift that he can hit uh, 30 or 40 points in batting average, which you hit more, you're going to get on base more, you can steal more, you're going to hit more homers. So I don't know. Yeah, like I said, I just want to see it first. I, you, you watch it. You watch in Tyler O'Neill. Last sleeper, we talked about him on this podcast before. Trent Grisham. And you know what sucks is I still haven't got him in a league because I've been shouting about him and then people keep sniping me now on Trent Grisham because they know he's one of my guys. Even Chad did it in the Odd New Podcasters League. We tried to get Trent Grisham for a buck or two or whatever and Chad sniped him from us. So Grisham, 98 contact, 126 discipline, 108 power, 127 speed. And you know it because we've talked about it a little bit, Raymond. I just really like lefties this year and or pull-heavy guys because of the elimination of the shift. So I want, like, all these pull-heavy guys, and I really think that their BABIPs are going to regress closer to the main. So Grisham is one of those guys. And what do you think about Grisham? Yeah, we've talked about – I think my favorite thing about Grisham is he plays, like, seven positions. Left field, center field, and right field? No, it's only center field. I always mix up him and uh... – Someone else who plays for the Padres. Um, no, I I think Jake there's a scenario where Jake Cronenworth, there you go, that's it. Um, I think at some point this analysis of every left-hander is going to do better in 2023 than 2022 is going to be wrong, but till we see till we see who's who it works with and who it doesn't, like, yeah, I'm going to keep bumping up these guys that profile to be better. And he's definitely one of them. And the thing about him is he's one of the fastest ones we've talked about so far. So he might even have an edge over a guy like Schwarber or whatever. Obviously he doesn't have the power ceiling, but in terms of a rebound and batting average, like I don't, would you be shocked if he hit like 250? I wouldn't. No, this is the thing. His ADP right now is 344. So yeah. 12 teamers, he's almost free. He's like your last round pick. And my ranking of him is 164. He's done it before, dude. He he's put up numbers that look like 2020. In 2020 in the year 2020, even COVID year, in 59 games, he went 10-10. Yeah. So I remember he, that. Th- 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 yeah, that was proje- projecting out for like 25-25. Um, I think he could easily be a 2020 type player or maybe 20. 25 15 something like that somewhere in that range yeah dude, i don't know if i don't know if he can get to 25 uh, he just does not hit the ball that hard if this is the thing if he gets the full play that, playing time that's and like the ceiling, sitting, ceiling. if he's getting the at bats if he gets yeah. back at the top of that lineup and is getting that bats 
He could do it. Yeah, that's the ceiling. Exactly. That is the ceiling. But 231 Babbitt last year? Oh, my God. 231 Babbitt? This is a fast guy. This guy gets steals. How does he have a 231 Babbitt? His speed score on fan graphs was like 7.8, 5.1, 4.9. Like, he's fast. Doesn't make sense. 231 Babbitt. Get out of here with that. <laughs> what do you think, Gabe? Ah, uh, man, I'm down on him. Not to ruin the party, but uh, he didn't. He hit 184 last year. That's that's uh, and I know. So also educate me on this. So the shift. I know there's rule there's rule changes coming, but the shortstop can still like line up right behind second base, right? Yeah. No. Well, not directly behind second base. They have to like, be on the other side of second base. Just one on the other side. To, one step yep. to the side one of step, it. Yeah. Yeah. So the shift is broken, but not all the way. The the, the extreme shift is what is going away. Yes. But yeah. well, I so I think that it's gonna. I don't know that we're gonna see the impact that we all think we're gonna see because guys are still gonna shift. But well, regardless, so there's still gonna be Babbitt regression to the mean. This is a guy who has a career 274 Babbitt, and his Babbitt last year was 231. And yeah, I mean, that career Babbitt is also drugged down by that 231 Babbitt. He should be closer to a 300 Babbitt guy based on his speed. So why does he – that's a 70-point 70, 70 correction in batting average right there, just regressing the Babbitt. He hit like 185 last year, right? Like, I mean, yeah. worst-case worst scenario, he hits like 230. But, no, I was listening to CBS, and they were talking about uh, teams recreating the shift by just uh, – playing like a two outfielder and having two two deep outfielders and having the third one come play like that that infielder on the grass position since Some you can't use an infielder do to do it anymore yeah and especially against the the Juan Sotos and the Kyle Schwarbers the the slow guys I think they'll definitely see some version of that same shift the funny thing is I think the league already put out a memo saying like Please don't do don't, that. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's yeah, not so against we'll the rules see, yet, we'll but please don't do yeah. that. Yeah, they're like, please don't do that. Please please don't make us make more rules. It's a waste of, of lawyer time. Like, <laughs> these lawyers are expensive. Don't make us pay more lawyers to write more rules. <laughs> All right. Uh, Gabe, let's get to your breakout. Jake McCarthy. Talk about Jake McCarthy because I like Jake McCarthy, too. Well, I, dude, I love Jake McCarthy. I think that he's, uh, you know, he's a, he's a great – Are you there? Gabe, we, we're hearing some, some crunching in the background. Sorry, are, crunching are you, is not me. Are, My mic was muted. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> I was like, are you eating puppy chow mid the, pu- the puppy chow is down. <laughs> so so I am a huge Jake McCarthy guy. Uh, you know, he, he really broke out onto the scene last year. Not so much in the power department, but the power, you know, is serviceable. Uh, his speed, he's he's so fast, and I think that's really going to play well. I, I don't think that you have to squint really hard to see the guy steal 25 bases. And and if the guy – maybe he steals 30 bases. If he can steal 30 bases and hit 15 home runs, I mean, that's that's valuable in any of the leagues that I play in. Uh, and I, I went to his Savant page, and I was kind of, you know, kind of taken aback at, at how hard he doesn't hit the ball, which is kind of concerning. But – and it and the other thing that concerns me is that you know his sample size was fairly small last year, but he you know he's proven that he can do it, and 
you know, I, 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 I'm going to, I'm just going to buy the, I'm going to buy the hype. And uh, I think you can get, get a pretty good value on the guy, especially with his speed. What do you think? What do you think? Raymond? I think he's somewhere, somewhere around where the, the cliff falls off an outfield. Like, it's, I don't know. I I had to take my dogs out. That was a crunching. I was walking on snow. But you got to think he hits towards the top of that lineup, right? In the, yeah. In the well, diamond... right now he's he's projected at third, which is interesting. <laughs> That's even better. Yeah, I don't know that he'll stick there or he even has the hit tool to stay there. But um, the Diamondbacks have shown a willingness to run more than pretty much anyone recently. So, yeah, if you're chasing steals at that point in the draft, sign me up. And he's batting many, third? Like, that's even the icing on the cake. How many double steals are we going to see with Corbin Carroll and Jake? <laughs> I was going to ask, uh, do you think the Diamondbacks lead the league in steals? They probably will with those two guys. Think about this, too. If you have Corbin Carroll, he's the fastest player in baseball. If he's on second and McCarthy's on first, how many free steals is McCarthy going to get? Because the catcher is going to be trying to throw out Carroll going to third. Not McCarthy going to second. So if they have that first second and they double steal, McCarthy might end up like with like five free steals just following Corbin Carroll. Well, how many if if Corbin Carroll is on second base and you put the ball in play, there's a chance he could score. Like that's just free RBIs. Yeah. It'll be fun. I don't know. I I like Jake McCarthy. I'm in on him. Jake McCarthy, for me, is my number 30 outfielder overall. So I'm down for him. Uh, Raymond, are you drafting Jake McCarthy or Chris Bryant? If I need the steals, like I just said, give me McCarthy. But I really think, dude, I don't know. We've seen Chris Bryant. I I don't know if he'll run again I don't with the back and all that stuff, but would anyone be surprised if he hit 30 homers this year? Hit like 280, 90 RBI? No, not really. So, yeah, right. I, I really like Chris Bryant. Your breakout, Eloy Jimenez. Tell us about Eloy. He's, he's a bust for me. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you lead the way on some Eloy. Yeah, so, like, I, can, I felt kind of weird calling him a breakout because I think we've seen him break out already. It's just he can't stay healthy. And – the White Sox need to put their foot down and stop letting him play the outfield because that seems to be how he keeps getting hurt. But, no, dude, he hits the ball so hard. And he's got pretty good plate discipline, too, for a guy his size. I, I think he could be a slightly worse version of Jose Abreu now that he's gone and just, like, be a slugger, bat fourth, and get 100 RBIs every year. But... He's got to A, stay healthy, and B, get, like, I don't know, get a little better plate discipline. But, yeah, I like, again, by the dip. Like, we've seen the talent. We know he can do it. It's just the problem. The problem healthy? for me, yeah, the problem, the problem for me is I don't know if there is a dip. He's, like, going really high right now. Right now his ADP is 72. He's my 116th overall player. So for me, he's not really a full bust. He's just like a light bust because I even say in my write-up, I was like, I think this guy has 30 to 35 homer power, but he has no speed. He really has nothing else. He's an average hit tool. 
and a below below average plate skills. So to me, like he's just a younger, healthier version, even despite the injury of Giancarlo Stanton. And I'm drafting him ahead of Stanton by quite a few picks, 10 picks or five, 10 picks, whatever. But like, I'm not drafting him at 72 ADP because that, if I'm drafting him at 72, I'm drafting him ahead of Tyler O'Neill. I'm drafting him ahead of Corbin Carroll, probably, and Starling Marte. Um, he's being drafted like next to George Springer, who's a guy who's done it for a long, long time as a really productive player. And Eloy really hasn't. So, um, I mean, I'm not saying he's going to be a bust like he's going to suck. It's more I just think his ADP right now is too high. He's got a lot of helium uh, in leagues right now for being someone who hasn't really done that much in a couple, the last couple of years. What do you mean, Gabe? Well, I just will throw this out there. I, I love Eloy. Uh, I believe in the talent. I believe the ceiling is, you know, is there. I think that we're going to see something that we don't, you know, I think that the addition by subtraction at the manager seat there with Tony LaRusso gone is going to really open up a lot of things for the White Sox. Uh, I, I think that there's a lot of young White Sox players that have really struggled, especially at the, you know, Hispanic guys, the young Hispanic guys with Tony LaRusso. Uh, it just seems like he really was like a wet blanket to that energy in the clubhouse. And I, I don't know. We'll see. You know, and, and like, I mean, that would had to have been LaRusso's call to continue to trot him out in the outfield. And that is just, I mean, like we just talked about, he he's not really an outfielder at this point in his career, uh, at least not if you want to say healthy. So I don't know. It'll be interesting. I'm I'm very interested to see how the White Sox respond to not having Tony LaRusso as a manager. Are you drafting Eloy in the fifth round? I mean, it would depend on the format of the league. You know, I think in a dynasty league, I, I would take him in the fifth round. I don't Raymond. know about a redraft. I didn't realize he was going that high. Uh, no. A little too I'm thinking, Yeah, I'm thinking more like eighth or ninth would be more my cup of tea. That's, that's like where I have him ranked. Yay, we're on the same page. <laughs> Yeah, that ADP is just too much for me. Uh, my breakout is Lars Nupar. All y'all who've been listening to my podcast know that I'm I am. Surprised. Can we? I am. Can we just skip one. over this? I am number one, <laughs> Lars Nupar. No, we can't. We cannot skip over it. I have drafted Lars Nupar in every league. He is my Tell guy. Us how you feel, I've been Tim. talking about him Tell us how you feel. all offseason. This guy has twenty-five to thirty homer power, ten steal speed. He's been leading off for the Cardinals ahead of Goldie, ahead of Arenado. His ADP is 181. I am driving this ADP up all by myself with everybody so you taking... drafting against all these industry people. I'm making them draft Nupar higher because I want them to try to get Nupar ahead of me. He's my 100th overall player, destroyed in the second half last year. And here are his F scores. 104 contact, 146 plate discipline. Ridiculous. 124 power, 94 speed. That's Nupar. I'm loving and the name, dude. You just gotta love the name Lars Nubar. Like that's just uh, <laughs> that's a video game name. That's a that's a okay. video game create your create your player name. So who are you taking, Nubar or Tyler O'Neill? Uh, I'm taking O'Neill. I have O'Neill higher because I think for fantasy he has higher power speed upside. But as far as value wise, I think Nubar is the better value player. So I think O'Neill. I would draft O'Neal. If, if it's one or the other, I'm drafting O'Neal ahead of Newbar. But I think Newbar 
based on his draft position, is the better value. How about Robert? I'm drafting Robert one spot above Nubar, purely because of the speed. Okay, my question is, how much should I spend on him in this? And I'll only draft him doing right now. I think in that <laughs> draft, dude, dude, you have to think about it this way. He's leading off. And in an NL-only draft, you have to get runs, RBI, homers, speed. You have to get counting stats. It's a roto league, right, Raymond? Yeah. Not points? Yeah. Right. He, he's, he's leading off for a very good team. I think he's worth a good amount of money. Um, I'm not a monoleague type guy, but I'd probably, I mean, like in our mixed league, in our odd new podcast league, I spent 15 bucks on him. So probably willing to go 18 18 something. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. Um, yeah. Are you sure he's going to lead off? I know you're the resident yes. Cardinals expert, uh-huh. but. One hundo. One hundo he's leading off. Roster resources him batting seventh, which is a far cry from leading off. That is not going to happen. Lars Newbar is going to lead off. He has, the, he has the second best plate discipline on the team to Goldschmidt. And Goldschmidt has Hall of Fame plate discipline. Newbar will be leading off. Interesting. Yes. Is that like confirmed or is that not known yet? Newbar led off basically like the entire second half last year after the Harrison Bader trade when he actually got playing time. Um, the but lineup Edmund basically. No, Edmund was, time, right? Edmund was playing. Oh, he was seven. playing then. Okay. Yes. Newbar, the lineup was going Newbar, Brendan Donovan, or Nolan Gorman. They were platooning basically. Uh, and then. They had Goldie, Arenado, and then uh, I think that Pools hitting fifth, and O'Neill was hurt. So they had like Yepes and Molina, and then Edmund basically is the way the lineup went last year. So basically, Wilson Contreras will hit fifth this year. Uh, six will probably be Tyler O'Neill. Um, that's my guess. So, but Newbar has. Fantastic plate discipline. He's going to be leading off. It would make zero sense for him to hit seven. All righty. Let's keep moving. Uh, I have Jake Freely also listed as a breakout. I don't want to get too deep into it because we're a little bit into this podcast now. But we talked a little bit about Reds players before on this podcast. So I'm just going to say here, Jake Freely, F scores, 94 contact, 126 plate discipline, 122 power, 127 speed. Now, why is he getting drafted so late? Because I've got he, – he's my number 60 as outfielder. It's because his durability is 61. Even when this guy was on the Mariners, he was pretty solid but getting hurt. So, now he's on the Reds, hitting in the best ballpark. Uh, he should be hitting near the top of that lineup. We got him in our odd new podcasters league even. I am really liking Jake Fraley. That's someone who you should go for in your NL thing. Um, he is hitting sixth. Right now for the Reds in their roster resource. I think last year he was hitting third for them for a while, but that was when Votto and India and Stevenson were all hurt and before they signed Will Myers. Uh, Fraley could lead off for this team. He's got good enough plate to win. It would make sense for him to lead off maybe over Friedel. So we'll see what they do there. But uh, I really like Jake Fraley. You guys have anything to say on Jake Fraley before we move on? Nope. Raymond? I said no. Oh, that's you? Okay, sorry. You sound like Gabe there. Uh, bust. Gabe. Brandon Nemo. Why?
Gaby Poo. Did we lose Gaby? Is he muted? Dude, my phone auto mutes. I've been talking this whole time. <laughs> Sorry <laughs> about that. So I can't believe that the the Mets gave Nimmo 160 million, you know, dollars plus the luxury tax. So it's almost like double that. Uh, and and the comp for Nimmo for me is I'll go back to my boy Ian Happ. I mean, I just and you've got Nimmo ranked 20 spots ahead of Happ, even though Happ is over the course of their careers, Happ has been has you know beaten Nimmo every turn. Uh, especially the health. I mean, Nimmo played 150 games last year. He hadn't played 100 games since 2018 prior to that, and that's the only other time in his career he's played 100 games. I mean, I, I just so that's that's how I'm that's how I'm looking at Nimmo as a bust because if I had to pick, if I you know if I needed an outfielder and it was Nimmo or Hap, I'm going Hap every time. And and everybody's you know I, I'm probably the only guy like that. But I don't I don't know I don't really understand the the you know, all the helium and the love for, for a guy that has only hit, you know, he's hit 15 homers twice in his, in his career. He doesn't steal bases. He gets on base. Okay. But I, I just don't, uh, I, okay. that's why I think he's a bust. Bro. Brandon Nemo has some of the best play discipline in baseball. So the reason I have Nemo ranked higher is a lot. A lot of it has to do with lineup. The Mets lineup is pretty good. Nemo has hitting behind him. Marte. Lindor, Alonzo. This is a guy who's going to get a ton of runs. Assuming assuming he's playing. Yeah, assuming he's healthy. Because his walk rate over his career is 13.6%. Like, he's really, really good at getting on base. And he's got a really solid lineup behind him. So, a lot of his value is just in getting runs, getting on base, getting runs, having a solid batting average, contributing 10, 15 homers with five steals, like, it's it's more just safety, right? Like Hap has a higher ceiling, I would think, for sure. But Nimmo, as long as he's healthy, hitting in the front of that lineup, he's gonna he's just gonna be a run machine. So I don't, know. Raymond, what do you he, think? So Nimmo? over, they've both Nimmo, Nimmo's played six hundred games and Hap's played six hundred games, and they've both scored about three hundred runs. And Hap just, plays with a really bad lineup. I just don't know that Hap has like a ceiling. I think he's just, you're just paying for floor. Like, unless you're in a points league, I'm not too keen on doing that. Hap or Nemo? Nemo. Did I say Hap? I meant Nemo. You did. Yeah, well, the difference is Hap, well, here's here's the thing though, Gabe, is Hap basically does the same thing every year. Hap is like yeah, 70, he's he's a 70, <laughs> well, this is what he does. He's like 70, 70 runs, 20 homers, 70 RBI, and eight or nine steals. So the problem is just the Cubs lineup sucks. So he just doesn't get the runs in RBI that someone should, who's putting out numbers like that. So unfortunately, like Hap is like a victim of being on a bad team for the last few years, whereas Nemo is hitting first for a very, very good team. So a lot of my ranking of Nemo ahead of Hap is just the fact that it's team-oriented. It's not like player-oriented. It's just like if you switch them, if you put Nemo in the Cubs and Hap in the Mets, I would be exact opposite too, right? I would just switch spots with them basically. If that makes sense. Yeah. I just think yeah, that's that's a good point. I just think they're you know too similar of a player for the discrepancy in the ADP, you know? I mean, you're, yeah. you're really Our- talking about 20 20- – 
runs and RBI combined difference is all you're talking about. Yeah, you're yes. talking about 30, 30 runs difference between Nimmo but and Happ and maybe loss Hap, of 20 RB, 10, 20 RBI. But Happ had when, 12 more RBI than Nimmo did last year. Yeah, it just depends on your team build. Because if you, if you draft, uh, let's just say you draft Kyle Schwarber, Schwarber is going to get way more RBI than runs, theoretically. Or if you draft like Pete Alonzo or someone like that. So if you draft like a power, power guy, Rowdy Telez, you get one of those guys who's going to draft in way more guys, and you kind of want to balance that out with someone who's going to get runs like Nimmo, right? Instead of like yeah. a 70 70 guy, you'd be better off with like a 100 run 50 RBI guy. So it just kind of depends on team build, really. Um, and let's continue the Mets hating because you have Starling Marte as your bus, Raymond. <laughs> well, did you guys see that he's returning from double groin surgery? Oh, mm. is that like Sign left and speed. right? Is that both? Stop. Or both. top and bottom, one of the two. Areas. Does that make him faster and older? <laughs> it's just, dude, I just don't know. He's going to play like 100 games. He's going to steal 30 bases. Like, it's just it's just not worth the risk anymore. Like, we've seen this. We've seen this story way too many times at this point. So I have you know, in a couple drafts I've done already. He slipped like Starling Marte is like I think people are down on him right now. That'd be the only you know the only good thing about the guy. That's what I was gonna say. Is his ADP is seventy eight? I have him ranked seventy six. So I'm like kind of like right still on target. Too, but it's still too high for thirty steals. Like a booked like thirty. I mean like he, assuming he's healthy, uh, he still has a one seventy two F score speed. Like here's his F scores: ninety nine contact. 88 discipline, never good plate discipline guy. 101 power, yeah, 15 homer guy, and 172 speed, which is 30 steals, basically, more or less. So, like, you're looking at the same guy that he's always been, more or less at this point, just a little, little tad older, like, good lineup still hitting second. So, maybe, maybe he doesn't play as much, but he's always missed time. Even when he's younger, he missed some time. So, so if you extrapolate his 2022 out to 155 games, he was on a 23.6 steal pace and he played in 118 games. Like besides 2021, when he stole 47 bases, he hasn't had 30 since 2018. Like it's just not worth it. Let me throw some game theory at you here. Um, and in that lineup, he, you think he, they're going to run in the house? Last year, he, he had nine cost ceilings last year. Do you think that maybe he lost a step because he's older, but do you think with the bigger base and all that, is that going to just push him back up to kind of what he was doing before? I don't know. It's a ticking time bomb. I'm just not. Yeah, we won't know until we see, I guess. I just don't want to take that risk. Take Corbin Carroll instead. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. 100%. Okay. my busts, and we kind of have a trend with busts here. It's like leadoff guys. I have two busts, and both these guys are kind of in the same category for me. Luis Robert and Adelise Garcia. So we will talk about them together. Even though I have Luis Robert in Tier 3. He's my 24th player. Yeah. Ahead of Newt Bar. And, well, yeah, one spot ahead of Newt Bar just because of the speed. Adelise Garcia I have a 28 in one tier below. 
So Robert, 97 contact, 71 plate discipline, which is atrocious, which is all those White Sox have bad plate discipline, which is why I don't really like them. 123 power, 104 speed. Now Adelise Garcia, 94 contact, 73 plate discipline. See a trend here? Below average contact, atrocious plate discipline, 129 power, and 149 speed. So he actually has a better speed score than Robert because Robert, like, I don't know what happened to him last year. I don't know if it's the injury or what, but his speed really kind of got diminished. I still think he has a much higher ceiling than Adelise, and he's younger. But both these guys kind of fall in the same bucket for me. It's like power speed guys who have atrocious play discipline, which means that these guys could just completely tank, and it wouldn't surprise me at all. So I don't know if you guys agree with me on these two guys or you're higher or what. What do you think about Robert and Adelise? I've never been a Adelise guy. Like, I think I think he just needs to do a couple things slightly worse and the, the bottom falls out. Um, I think he's like 34, right? Like 29. Like 20. Oh my God. <laughs> well, he's 30 this year. Yeah. I've never been a Garcia guy, so you don't have to talk me into him busting. And then Robert, dude, like just tantalizing upside, but. The, yeah, the injuries and the inconsistencies are too much, I think, for me. Yeah, I, I mean, it's just, to me, I just hate play discipline guys like that. Like, look at... Look See, at that doesn't bother me so much. Years, he's got a 4% walk rate. And, and on top of that, his O-swing. Okay, so we were talking about... You were saying that Schwarber has a bad play discipline. Schwarber's chase rate was 25%. Robert's chase rate last year was 48.3%. That means almost half of the pitches outside of the strike zone he swung at. What? That's wild. <laughs> half the pitches outside of the strike zone. That's why Ian always talks about chase rate. It's very important. Like, this guy just swings at everything. He just crazy makes contact. <laughs> what do you think, Gabe? Yeah, dude, you can't talk me into drafting Robert anywhere near where he's supposed to go. Uh, I don't – I mean, he, he just can't stay healthy. You know, and I, and I know I just said all that Tony Russo stuff, and he may benefit from that. But uh, I – he, he, you know, guys value him, and I guess the value is coming down a little bit. But he was, like, mentioned in the same breath as your top tier guys last season. You know, he was like a – you know, he's up there with, with, your, with your top five or six guys where he was being mentioned. I just think that's like, I think that's crazy. I think that's crazy town. And I like Adelise Garcia. Uh, I know he, you know, he hit, he stole 25 bases last season. That should go up this season. If you can, you know, he's got 30, 30 potential there. And yeah, he, you know, I, I get all the other stuff, but if I had to take one of those guys, I'm going to take Garcia over Robert. He also 40% chase rate. So his, he, he's not, quite as bad plate discipline-wise as Robert, but he also is worse at making contact. So Robert, even with the wild swings, still made 75% contact rate, whereas Adelise Garcia had a 68% contact rate last year. Quality of contact. Yeah. Yeah, it's I true. I mean, his, for instance, Adelise's barrel rate was 12.9%, and his average exit velocity last year was 92.1, which is yeah. pretty insane. So like Insane. yeah he for some reason when he hit the ball he did hit he did, he was barreling it and hitting it hard, whereas like that's not the case with Robert like Robert's max also, EV is really is all there one seventeen but like 
he just his barrel rate was only eight point nine percent with an eighty nine average EV. I love that everyone's always counting out Adelise Garcia, and I mean, I mean, you know, he didn't yeah. he didn't yeah. work out as the Cardinals. And, you know, the Cardinal system, they, you know, flipped him for a bag of magic beans and he broke out with the That's Rangers. That's why you like him. I love him for that reason. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, that's why you else, like him. Because everybody's <laughs> waiting for the Cardinals gave up on him. Everyone looks at him and they're just like, yeah, this isn't going to, this isn't going to, you know, he can't hack it. And then he goes 25-25. You know, he's just like, you know, maybe that's who he is. You know, I, and I, he's proven that he can do it for two consecutive years now. Uh, I'm, I'm higher on him than, than most probably. All right, let's end this pod by talking about some comps. I want both of you to answer for me who, who you're talking. I'm going to give you a few comps here between some of these guys, and you tell me who you're taking. Um, Gabe, you start. Are you taking Newbar or Adelise? Man, I feel like I've been gaslighted on this Newbar so much. <laughs> I, <laughs> you, I you guess I'll, I, w- I, would, I would take Newbar over uh, Robert, and I know you've got him ranked opposite, and I call – I call your bluff on that. I think if Robert's sitting there, Newbar's sitting there, I don't think you're taking Robert there. I can wait. I'll take Newbar. I'll take Newbar later. <laughs> what about you, Raymond? Uh, yeah, I feel like I've also been gaslighted into Newbar, but <laughs> g- give me Newbar. <laughs> All right. Uh, Eloy or Robert? Gabe. Eloy. Eloy. Ooh, I think I think there's an easier path to success. Interesting, interesting. Okay, how about this one? Byron Buxton or Starling Marte? Buxton. Marte. Ah, uh, how about uh, Marte or Robert? Marte. Oh, God. Marte. <laughs> All right, I got uh, one more for you here. Are you taking Adelise or are you going to take Marte? I'll take Adelise. Adelise. Same as we got some Adelise fans here. All right. I'm, I'm not, off. though. <laughs> I'm just forcing you to become one. I'm just going to make everybody think that you love Adelise by hitting Adelise up against players that you hate even more. So, <laughs> hey, that's going to put you in a good position for TGFBI when Ariel and uh, who else is in your league? <laughs> and, Eric, and, Eric Cross. And Eric Cross, yeah, when they listen to this podcast, they're going to think you're a huge Adelise guy, and they're going to try to snipe you on him. We should give Eric Cross a shout out because he's the first person I ever heard say Great American Small Park. And so we say that all the time. All the time. Love Great American Small Park. All right. Eric Cross shout out. Boom. Okay. Uh, we're going to close this bad boy up. We talked about Outfielders 1 through 67. You can find the article if you want to follow along as you're listening. I should have mentioned this earlier, but you can follow along. If you, now, now I'm going to make you listen twice. Now you can go back and follow along <laughs> as you read the article. And when you do it, give us a five-star review and tell us that you love this podcast so much that you listen to it twice and uh, that you are voting for Chris Sale to return to the White Sox and Devin Mesorocco <laughs> to return to baseball. So, <laughs> uh, this is Tim Kanaki. You'll find me on Twitter at Fantasy Baseball. Give me a follow. You find Raymond on Twitter at Raymond Atherton. Or you can find him wherever the Sudafed aisle is at your local 
What do you guys have up there? You don't have Publix. What is the Detroit version of Publix? Detroit version. The Michigan version is either Rite Aid or CVS. CVS. I was going to say, uh, like, do they even have? Uh... <laughs> we have Rite Aid, Walgreens, and then we go to, like, Walmart. Meyer or Kroger. Oh, Kroger. They got Kroger in Missouri. There you go, Gabe. <laughs> Gabe goes to high V for Gabe, yeah. You go to high V for your for your suit effect. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, sick boy, lead us out. Sure, well, uh, dude, I got nothing. I'm done. Oh, 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 oh! I'm so sick. I can't even say a bye bye. Okay, Gabe. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> all right, Mahomesy. Champions. I'm waiting. For, I'm waiting for my Mahomes jersey. Send, send it. Send it to me. I'm waiting for my Mahomes jersey too. But as soon as I get two, I'll send you one. <laughs> yes. All right. AJ Puck. Peace, y'all. Closer of AJ the Marlins. Puck. AJ Puck, forward for the Pittsburgh Penguins.